102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff and Ed Show. Welcome back. I'm Ed Plummets. Garrett is here with us. Jeff, uh, being Father of the Year, he'll be back tomorrow for Songs That Suck Friday That Really Don't Suck. Understand after his obligation with his kids, he'll be going to the annual meeting of the Songs That Suck group meeting uh, on what uh, West Runberg probably about 615 right is that right Jeff yeah it's usually when I don't I've never met them I just get their messages you just get their messages yeah, I might do a zoom call uh, we are soon to be in our first year of the 12 team playoff for college football and Jeff touched on this earlier and I want to touch on it too it's going to be a 12 team playoff uh, five conference champions and seven at large which is I think it's good I'd like more and uh, Jeff and I have a bet that this year, with the 5-7 proposition, it will not be all SEC and Big Ten at-large schools. I believe that a Big 12 school or another ACC school will make the playoffs. Jeff disagrees. We have a bet on that. But now I read, and I know Jeff talked, talked about this earlier in the day, that there is a new proposal aboard for a college football playoff. Involves 14-team field. A 14-team field. This is how the model works. It's three, three, two, two, one, three for a total of 14. Three guaranteed spots for the SEC. Three guaranteed spots for the Big Ten. Two guaranteed spots for the ACC and two for the Big 12. One guaranteed spot for the group of five. That's the American Athletic Conference, the Big West, yada, da, 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 da. And then three more at-large teams. On the surface, I'm thinking, okay, there should always be three SEC teams and three Big Ten teams in consideration for the national title. Off the top of my head, for the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, year after year after year, are going to be really, really good. It gets a little more different in the SEC because I, quite frank, well, the old SEC was better than the old Big Ten. I'm not so sure about that now with the new Big Ten with Oregon, Washington, UCLA, and USC coming aboard. The only weak link of that proposition is UCLA because they got coaching problems. They've got image problems. They're a basketball school. For the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma coming along, it is going to be really, really good. So as you look at the SEC, what comes to mind? Well, it's obvious. Georgia, Alabama, LSU. And now, Texas and Oklahoma. Garrett, you kind of grimaced over there when I said LSU. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I think they're hovering around 11-12. I don't see them making the playoff next year. Um, they could, but um, not not convinced right now. But do you like this? Three from the SEC, three from the Big Ten, two from the ACC, two from the Big 12, one group of five, and three at large? I'm trying to like it, but I don't because you're guaranteeing spots for teams that might not make it. But it, I, I don't know because you, you don't want to have a team who is like 
seven and five or seven and six, and you guarantee a spot. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, that that see that's the thing with the SEC and Big Ten. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I want the best teams. I want the best team too. I want I want the the best teams too, and I don't think you're ever going to see. I don't think you're ever going to see a four-loss team. You could see a three-loss SEC team in a playoff. You yeah. could. Yeah. Easy. And it's the same thing for the, the Big Ten. But I think what, ha- what, what the fallacy of this is, what happens if there is a disastrous year in the SEC or Big Ten when everybody beats each other? In the case, what you just said, there's a four-loss team. Yeah. Yeah. Or if there's a big... The Big Twelve is not very good in a year, and they they're going to get two two people in, and maybe that second team is not the conference champion, and maybe not that very good. I just don't see why. I, I don't I don't know why this is the solution. Like, who who made this idea up? I don't I don't understand. Well, Garrett boy, it was led by the SEC and the Big Ten. Makes sense. It makes sense sure. because because they are the most dominant conferences and will be. I still think we're going to see. In the next few years, three, four conferences at all. You can right now. You really have, you got four mm-hmm. with the SEC, Big Ten, ACC, and Big Twelve. You may mold into two super conferences or three. I don't know because you're just gonna. It's it's gonna be a different landscape in college football. Right. But uh, I do like the more the merrier. I was talking to a friend last night, and we were talking about the current system. Where you you it would be you you want a first round buy if you're a conference champion next year, but by the same token, how fun would it be if you would host a game on your campus in December? How cool would that be in mid December to have a game at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium? That would be really really cool. It, it would be incredible, but like it's still I, I don't I, I I don't I don't know. It, it's the it's the guarantee of a spot is getting me, but um, it, it it would be cool having a a, a a late night game. Oh yeah, you know yeah. So any type we'll of see. playoff game, any type of playoff game, but uh, that's been on the table. But the SEC and Big Ten are going to carry the big biggest of the big sticks the rest of the way. We know that they're going to carry the big stick, and I still I I like the Big Twelve, the makeup of the Big Twelve. I think the Big Twelve is going to be exciting. And fun because of Arizona and Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, and BYU in the mix. I think it's be awfully fun with that because I think Tech is Tech will get better, TCU will get better, Houston has a new coach, Baylor is in re- rebuilding, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see how that conference works out. I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss those games with the traditional, but I'm I'm anxious, and and again it's gonna be fun when the, uh, Texas. Joins the SEC. Last sport is baseball. It's going to be a hard schedule. It's going to be a hard schedule. Brutal schedule. Well, I don't know how brutal it is this year, to be honest with you. Okay, yeah. Texas Texas schedule, they've got to lay up against Colorado State. Then they've got to go to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Michigan, though, is going to it's, Michigan is going to be down. Right. Michigan's got to be down. Even though they won the national title, they lose uh, most of their offensive talent, a lot of their defensive talent. They lose their head coach, uh, and uh, they lost just a ton of players. Texas is in good position there. Then the Longhorns um, will have uh, UT San Antonio. Then they get Louisiana Monroe, and then the conference play starts at the end of the end of September with Mississippi State coming to town. They've got the the home game against Mississippi State, 
They've got uh, the road game in Dallas against Oklahoma, which is never a picnic. Uh, the one that people are looking at, I believe it's October 18th, when Texas will host the Georgia Bulldogs. It is going to be a mammoth weekend because it's Texas and Georgia, but it's also F1 weekend. Uh, I understand hotel rooms are now well over $1,000 a night with a, a, a two-night guarantee. And some of the hotels are saying, okay, you can have this reservation for $1,100, $1,200 a night. you got to pay it all up front. And if you decide to cancel, you don't get that money back. It is going to be a wild, wild weekend, not only for Georgia and Texas, but the F1 race. But then the Longhorns have other home games against Florida, which should be good. Surely Florida is going to be better. And then they play a kind of a spooky team to me, Kentucky, because Kentucky has had a really good last few years with Junior Stoops as head coach. And then the Longhorns in their regular season, either Thursday or Friday on the road against the fight in Texas A&M Aggies. So really, really good schedule. Really good schedule. And then the SEC championship. No divisions in the SEC. It's just going to be the top two teams playing. So Texas Texas does not have Alabama on the schedule next year. They could be meeting Alabama. Could be a rematch with Georgia, something like that. So we shall, we shall see. But the Longhorn schedule looks pretty good. We're going to take a quick break. After this break, uh, I want to talk about the NFL draft. And I believe we can line up Aaron Hogan uh, at 5.30. If you haven't heard the news, our friend Aaron Hogan, a longtime broadcaster and uh, sportscaster, talk show host, is joining 102.7 ESPN Monday, this coming Monday, with a show from 7 to 10 p.m. So we get to visit, and we will visit with our friend Aaron Hogan at 5.30. Take a break. We'll talk about the NFL draft. Uh, Take a peek at the PGA Tour. They started play again this week and much, much more here on 1027 ESPN. Jeff Ward and Ed Clements, afternoons 4 to 6 on 1027 ESPN. You're listening to The Jeff and Ed Show on 1027 ESPN. Thank you, big voice. Welcome back. I'm Ed Clements. Garrett with the controls. Jeff. Being the dad of the year, he'll be back tomorrow with songs that suck on Friday. NFL Combine underway. Uh, the defensive linemen were featured today. And apparently, uh, Tavondre Sweat of the Longhorns was getting a lot of attention because one reporter said he was bouncing around. Did not look like a 366-pound guy. So good news for Tavondre Sweat, who's going to be uh, make a lot of money in the NFL. Saw another mock draft today from... CBS Sports. So chime in if you want to, Garrett, on this. Number one pick, I think it's obvious now, it's going to be Caleb Williams to the Chicago Bears. Um, they want to do the right thing with Justin Fields. That's what they're saying. And the right thing to do with Justin Fields is trade him. Get him out of there. Caleb Williams is going to be the guy. Caleb Williams is going to make a boatload of money. Will the Bears be successful? No, I don't think so. But I think Caleb Williams, I think he's a real deal. I saw him in his first ever play as an Oklahoma Sooner against the Texas Longhorn. Remember that play? Texas had, Texas had knocked out Spencer Rattler. Texas had the lead at the Cotton Bowl. By 21 points. Yeah. Spencer Rattler goes down. Here comes this young guy from Washington, D.C., Caleb Williams. The very first play, dude scrambles for a 55-yard touchdown. It was like Kyler Murray. It was like Kyler Murray. Yeah. And that's when I said, uh-oh, uh-oh. 
Uh, Caleb Williams is a real deal. Number two to the Washington Commanders, another quarterback, Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner. I don't know. I Jaden Daniels obviously had one hellacious year. I don't know about Jaden Daniels. I don't know. But the Redskins, Redskins, the Commanders will more than likely get him in the second spot. Number three, it'll be quarterback, 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 according to this report from CBS Sports. New England will take Drake May, Max guy, from North Carolina. He's been catching a lot of flack this week from some of the national guys saying he's not he's not a third pick. He should be on down the line, but apparently the Patriots really like Drake May. They need a quarterback. Duh, do they need a quarterback? Mac Jones is going to be shipped off, I believe, because he's not going to be one around, be staying around if they draft Drake May that early. Gary? I don't. I don't know if Washington needs a quarterback right now. I think Sam Howell is fine. Mm-hmm. I think the team and roster is fine right now, and they have talent at corner, linebacker, running back, a little bit, a little bit receiver, but it, it may be coaching. I, I don't. I don't know. But I, I don't know if they need a quarterback. I think they do. Drake May to me, not Drake May. Sam uh, Howell. Sam Howell had his chance, didn't shine. Granted, with a mediocre team. I think Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels is special. He is special. I want which one of these three is going to have the C.J. Stroud year, or will any of the three? Will we look back a year ago? Wow, two years ago the the Texans got got Stroud, and what a year! Will we look back and say, man, what an addition has Jaden Daniels been, or Drake May? We know Caleb Williams is going to be really good, but in a terrible frame. Well, maybe you know Chicago. Chicago's much like Houston was last year, no hope. So the first three picks are quarterbacks. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and Drake May. Then uh, the fourth pick goes to the Cardinals. Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver from Ohio State. This guy's going to be great for a long time. And this is big for Kyler Murray. Will Kyler Murray emerge as a quarterback that many have thought he was going to be over his career? Hurt last year, hurt the year before. I think this is a great addition for Kyler Murray. The Cardinals might win seven games next year. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe seven games. They're a sneaky team that I think they're going to lose four or five games in a row, but they might get hot at the end of the year. Yeah. But we'll see. Fifth pick in the draft goes to the Chargers, and it's Malik Neighbors from LSU. One thing that they do in Louisiana, great Cajun food, and LSU produces wide receivers. And this guy is really, really, really good. Uh, I like a, a Donnie Mitchell from Texas. I like Xavier Worthy, but this dude is really, really good. Another wide receiver by the New York Giants, uh, Rome Aduze from Washington. We saw him in the national champ, not the national championship game, the game before the national championship game. He is a real deal from the Washington Huskies. And then some other highlights. Uh, Tennessee selects an offensive tackle. Uh, Joe Alt, they say he can't, he can't, uh, he's, a, he's a, a guarantee to be good. Interesting, the Minnesota Vikings pick number 11, and in the CBS report I'm seeing, they select J.J. McCarthy. Eh? J.J. McCarthy led his team to a national title. And that's, and he was, he was good all year long. I don't see him as 
a top-notch NFL quarterback. I may be dead, dead wrong. I don't think so either. He's a quality quarterback for college, yeah. not for the NFL. Yeah, he could be that college guy, but not the NFL. Now, the first Longhorn, this projection says, is going to be taken round one, pick number 13, Byron Murphy, the defensive lineman who's wowed a lot of people. And he and Devondre Sweat led that Longhorn defensive line. That would be fantastic if Byron Murphy gets selected as the 13th pick for the Raiders. Up-and-coming team, if they find a quarterback, that's a good spot for him. Interesting pick, 14 for you Saints fans. Brock Bowers, the tight end from uh, Georgia. Dude's a giant, 6'4", 250, can't miss. I would like him at the Jets. Would you like him at the Jets? Yeah, some, some help for Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be great. I would love it. Looking at the CBS report on the draft, Cowboys have the 24th pick, Nate Wiggins, a cornerback from Clemson. Don't know much about him, but I guess the Cowboys will like him. 6'2", 170. Uh, going on down the list, uh, uh, Tyler Guyton. You know who he is? A little bit, yeah. You know our backup security guard out there? Yep. It's his nephew. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Tyler is from the uh, Central Texas area. Uh, I believe he played at Maynard High School. He was an Oklahoma offensive lineman. Really, really good. And he's projected to be... Uh, selected by the Buffalo Bills, 28th pick. How great would that be for Tyler Guyton? Uh, that would be fantastic. Now, other Longhorns, they in, in projected this in the second round. They've got Adonde Mitchell going to the Patriots in the second round. They also have uh, Xavier Worthy in the second round going to the Falcons. Also in the second round, they've got Devondre Sweat going to the Jaguars. They've got Jatavian Sanders, who I think is going to be a sleeper pick in this draft. I love uh, Jatavian Sanders going to uh, the Bengals. Uh, so there's a lot of Longhorn action in that second round. Adonde Mitchell, though, I think he, he could be first round. Xavier Worthy could sneak into the first round as well. Okay, that's a little NFL draft update. We're going to take a break. After this break, a visit with the newest member of our team, uh, our friend Aaron Hogan. Uh, who has been a great talk show host and, among other places, The Horn for many, many years, will join 1027 ESPN on Monday morning. And we're looking forward to that. We're going to visit with Aaron right after this on 1027 ESPN. Jeff Ward and Ed Clements, afternoons 4 to 6 on 1027 ESPN. Check out the podcast page at 1027ESPN.com. Now back to the Jeff and Ed Show. Hey, back on the show, I'm Ed Clements. Jeff took an early powder today. He's being father of the year. So uh, he'll be back tomorrow uh, for the show, four to six songs that suck on Friday. With us now on the Sports Talk Live line is the newest member of 1027 ESPN, and we are so glad he's coming aboard. It's our longtime friend, Aaron Hogan. You've heard Aaron for a long, long time, I guess last 15, 18 years at the Horn. He joins us Monday for a show from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with our buddy Nick Hajda. Uh, e. Hogan, welcome to the team. Can you believe, my friend, we are working together? We've talked about this, and now we're going to be working at the same place. That's incredible. Easy, Ed. I'm uh, glad to hear you and excited about it. You know, I figured with the Longhorns moving to the SEC, it's a good time to move over and be with uh, the 
you guys and uh, and grow with you guys because I, as I told the midday guys today, I've been listening to you and Jeff since I was in college. So you guys are kind of the inspiration for a lot of what I do. So excited to be a part of it. Longhorns headed to the SEC and uh, a lot of fun to be had. So yeah, appreciate you, you you saying that and uh, really excited to be a part of the team. You didn't have to mention how old I was, man. Well, you no, know? I'm old too, Ed. Come on, now. no, you're you're young. <laughs> Your old partner Bucky Godbolt and I are the same age, and somebody said, "Oh, Bucky's 89." Bucky's not 89, no. Uh, you and Bucky had a great run at the horn. I always listen to you and Buck because I used to tease Buck, as you know. I'd call your show some and say, how'd you get in radio, Bucky? And Because I call Bucky after he left the Longhorns and he did a, a, a fall with me on Monday Night Football. He was a blast to work with. Yeah, he's a great guy and very talented. And isn't that the, didn't he do it with you because John Magovic wouldn't do it? Is that kind of how that all went out? That's exact. John Magovic wanted... Ed, I'd like three bottles of Silver Oak a week. <laughs> Bucky got a hamburger. That's all he wanted. Yeah, yeah work exactly. cheaper. Feed him and good. Feed him and good. One thing about you and uh, what I've always enjoyed about listening to you, you got a big, I'm old, you got a big Rolodex. You got a lot of people. You got a lot of sources for sports talk. And I know you and Nick are going to utilize that beginning next Monday at 7 a.m. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, connections and networking. And, uh, you know, I think the audience wants to certainly hear your opinion on things all the time, but also, you know, kind of feel like they're getting behind the curtain a little bit and getting to know some things that, you know, that they want to know, but uh, you got to know the right people to know them. So that's kind of what we'll do. And we'll have great guests. We'll have great guests line up. And I'm excited to work with Nick, uh, you know, just getting to know him. Uh, he's a, you know, he loves sports, but uh, he's going to be a little bit more like Bucky was, like where Bucky loves sports, and but he didn't dive into the minutia of it as much because you would think a former coach would, but he was more of a, you know, having fun with it and uh, joking and yucking, and uh, so we had a great time. So I think it's going to be a good mix, mix, mix with Nick, and you know, we're looking forward to it and bringing great guests and great content and uh, bringing a local show to the mornings. You guys are doing a great job in the afternoon, and it's uh, kind of full, rounds out the day. Well, I'm looking forward to your show, and I'm also looking forward to this fall with the SEC. I was just talking about with Garrett, the, the schedule, you know, the Longhorn schedule next year with the road trip to Michigan, which I believe is a very winnable game. And as I look at that, I don't mean to get the orange-colored glasses on, but I think it could be another sterling year for Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, I mean, Ed, they did a great job in the portal. I mean, um, you know, however the NIL is working, I mean, the Longhorns were able to attack their needs and, uh, you know, fill holes. they got 11 guys at the Combine right now this week, so they're, they've got some big needs to fill. But I think they, they filled them at wide receiver uh, for the most part through the through the, uh, through the the portal. I mean, bringing Andrew McCuba in from Clemson, a veteran defensive back yeah. to pair with Jade Barron in the back end, I think that's going to give them a, a really strong tandem back there and, um, you know, I think I think you're right. I mean, the schedule is. I remember when it when it came out, Ed. The question was, like, I looked at it and said, "Man, this is this is as favorable as you can get for a for a schedule in the SEC." You've got seven home games. Uh, you play Oklahoma in Dallas. You've got uh, Michigan early, but Michigan's got a new coach, new quarterback. They've got 18 guys at the combine, and mm-hmm. they didn't attack the transfer portal very much. So they're they're reloading in a lot of places without continuity on their coaching staff. So that's one you feel like maybe you get in there and steal. And then with the SEC games, you have Georgia here. Um, and your road games are, you know, at A&M. You got to go to Arkansas, where they're both, you know, Sam Pittman's in trouble, and Mike Elko is a brand new coach. So I, I like the schedule that they they have. Vanderbilt's a road trip that they have too. So I like the schedule, and I think there's a the the Vegas odds would tell you that uh, that the bookmakers like Texas too. If there's a concern for you with this Longhorn team right now, I think it's 
the defensive line. I may be wrong. Where's your biggest concern for this Longhorn team? Because I don't see, you know, if the wide receivers mesh with Quinn Ewers, I think the offense and the returning running backs are going to be fine. Where's your biggest concerned area for this football team? You said it, interior D-line. Uh, at, I mean, because when you, when you lose two players the caliber of Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, and, they, and we're watching them work out at the Combine today, uh, those are two stellar players, and they both could end up being picked in the first round. Um, so, yes, you've got you to feel that. Alfred Collins came back, the kid from Bastrop, which is great. Um, you know, they, they added a piece through the portal in the, on the defensive line, but they're going to be lesser there, but I think they're going to be stronger on the edges, and I think, as I mentioned, with the secondary and at linebacker, I think they'll be stronger in coverage. Uh, this year, I think uh, Pete Kwiatkowski's finally got uh, coverage guys back there where they'll be able to hold up a little better in the back end and try to get some pressure on quarterbacks. But that's the biggest concern, is especially when you're playing teams like Michigan and Georgia. Uh, you know, A&M wants to be a power running team. Uh, can you stuff the run like you did this year? Because that was your strength, obviously, on defense this year. Uh, that would be my one big question. And yeah, and then Quinn Ewers staying healthy and Quinn Ewers developing that leadership gene where he you know, gets with these receivers and kind of drives the bus on this deal where it builds chemistry with the, the, all the guys that, are come, that have come in. Everything else stacks up pretty good for Texas schedule talent, uh, but interior D-line and then Quinn Ewers taking that next step as a quarterback. Yeah, the Quinn Ewers deal is going to be interesting because he, Quinn was very good this year, and then sometimes he tapered off, but now with his third year in the program and he stays healthy, I think the sky's the limit. I think he made the, the right, right decision to stay in school. I agree with you. I mean, he wasn't ready. I mean, he really wasn't. And he hadn't stayed healthy a year since, gosh, go back to his junior year of high school, or actually sophomore year of high school, Ed. It's the last time he played a full season without suffering an injury. He didn't play at Ohio State the one year where he kind of redshirted uh, up there. So, yeah, he's got to prove to the NFL that he can go through his progressions more, not just be a one-read quarterback, uh, stand in the pocket and, and you know, go through progressions and uh, and then be a leader, be a leader and, and stay on the football field. Obviously, there's Arch Manning behind him, so you feel pretty good if something were to happen to, to Quinn, but he did make the right decision. And this is a deep quarterback draft. We know the top three picks in April could be yep. QBs, starting with Caleb Williams. And next year, uh, scouts would already tell you it's not the deepest quarterback draft. So, you know, Quinn, if we had a great year, He's got a chance to be a very, very high pick next year, maybe even the, the first quarterback taken. Aaron Hogan's with us. Aaron joins the team on Monday. And Nick Ajda will be starting his show Monday morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. here on 1027 ESPN. We talked about the Georgia. We, we've already talking about the Georgia game in October. That weekend, I don't know what FC is thinking. Did FC make that date before the, the Georgia-Texas game? I guess they must have. But that weekend in Austin, E, is going to be un. Believable if things play out for Georgia and Texas, it could be one versus two or whatever, and then F one that weekend as well. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking to some folks this weekend that are trying to get a room down here, and I, uh, you know, we live uh, at in Onion Creek, so right on the golf course. You'll be proud of me for that. Yeah, but um, I'm thinking about renting my house out. I'm like, come on, man! I'm trying to talk my wife into renting the house out because we're you know 15 minutes from Coda and. Uh, People can't find spots. I'm like, well, fine. I'll go sleep at Ed's house if we, if we hey. need to. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, saying, on Ed's couch. I'm thinking about doing the same thing written in my house, but letting the people take care of my dogs. I got the, I got the three dogs there, but, man, there. I had a friend I talked to yesterday from, from Fort Worth. He's coming down. He comes to all the games, Texas X. He stays. I won't name the hotel. It's very, very close to the stadium. $1,100 a night, and you yep. got to guarantee two nights and you gotta you gotta pay it up front the whole deal. And if you cancel, they keep the money. That's wild. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm considering it because we live uh, we're, we're pretty convenient Dakota for the F1 fans if they needed it and obviously UT fans and Georgia fans and as you said I didn't realize Austin FC had a game that day that's crazy yeah. uh, that's going to be one of the great weekends uh, that's going to be coming right off of uh, ACL Fest too the previous two weekends I'll also say this that as far as Georgia goes you know that uh, there is a chance conceivably that Texas could play Georgia three times this year three if, times Three times they play in the regular season. They could play again in the SEC championship game, and with the new twelve-team playoff, there is a chance they could play again in the twelve-team playoff. That is actually a realistic thing. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but for the first time ever in college football, uh, kind of like an NFL schedule, a team could play a team three times in one season. Garrett and I are talking about the twelve-team and the proposed fourteen. I think it would be so cool. Of course, Longhorn fans want Texas to get an automatic, get a bye uh, into the 12-team playoff, but I don't think there would be anything more cool than have a December game at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium, a playoff game. I agree with you. I mean, I know Ed, I have heard Jeff's thoughts on it, and obviously uh, it, it's a strong opinion, but I think it's overall good for college football to have better games in December and get rid of these meaningless bowl games. Uh, TV is driving the revenue for all of it. Uh, same time, yeah, what the format's going to be, obviously the power conferences are going to assert their muscle with that, but I am kind of with Jeff. The more uh, you know, teams you can allow in as far as outside of those conferences, the better. But at the same time, we want to see the best football and the best football games. And I believe uh, the SEC, the Big Ten, would argue that our third or fourth best team is better than any team in some of these lesser conferences. That's kind of the point to the whole conversation. But at the same time, I think it's going to be fun. I think it would be great if, if Texas were a five seed and Georgia was the one and you know, they played. Texas got to host the 12 seed this year at DKR, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they're 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 in the mix. And Georgia is playing that. That's what people, you know, we get rid of these bowl games. All of a sudden, you're playing mean. The big question for you is is how is the NFL going to do? Or excuse me, college football going to do head to head with the NFL yeah. on that first weekend? You yeah. know, the uh, the weekend before Christmas, the the college football playoff will be playing, and the NFL has started playing games on Saturdays. And the idea is the NFL is not going to back off of that. They're going to put mm. NFL games on the Saturday. Uh, how does that compete head-to-head? It's going to be very, very interesting to see. It will be fun to see because it really, you know, I've never liked the national championship game on Monday. I've always said, I know where to go against NFL. That should be on a Saturday. I just don't think it should be on a Monday night. But it's so darn difficult to go against the powerful National Football League because they really, it seemed to me, especially this year, in, in January, they really overshadowed college football. Of course, everybody wanted Texas to be in the national title game, but it was somewhat of, uh, I don't know, anticlimactic, but it kind of got in the way of all the NFL to me. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And then, now we're going to see that clash even greater. Uh, even on uh, Black Friday, Ed, because they put uh, you know NFL games now on Black Friday. Yeah. Talk that, you know, I'll ask you this question. Where do you want to see the Texas-Texas A&M game? Should it be on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday? You know what? I don't care. I really don't care. You know, yeah. I, I love Thanksgiving, but I've been to many Texas and Texas A&M games, both at College Station and in Austin, especially they're fun in Austin. You know, you have to, it's a little cram day if you, the games at, you know, the last game they played was on a Thanksgiving night with the Justin yep. Tucker night. So, hey, I don't, I don't care. I'm just glad the game is on once again. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Where would you, I don't mind Friday. I kind of like the Friday game myself. Yeah, I think the Friday night. I think the NFL is so over, over, you know, so powerful right now, and the way they're scheduling their games. You know, you got the Cowboys that day, and I've already actually argued that the uh, the Cowboys, because you know, the Cowboys host the Texans this year in a football game. Uh, it's already on the schedule. We don't know what time and date and all that, but it's going to happen based on the NFL schedule model. 
So Houston will play at Dallas. What a great uh, week that would be if Houston played Dallas on Thanksgiving in Arlington and then the Cow- the Longhorns and Aggies played the following day at College Station. What a great uh, Thanksgiving weekend that would be in the great state. That really would be big. How's your golf game as you live at Onion Creek? I know you out there with uh, our friend Omar Uresti. How's your golf game coming along? It's average. I need a lesson, Ed. I need I need a lesson from you. Okay. Can, well, can we get that done now that I'm part of the team? We can get that done. I would just recommend just rub next to Omar. And just do what Omar's doing at, at Onion Creek. That's what I do. I go to the, I go to the range and I get right behind Omar there on the on the practice range and just kind of copy him, trying to mimic what he does, and uh, it goes straight every time for him. It doesn't seem to work as well for me. Again, hey, thanks for being on, and we're so excited that you are here. One hundred two seven ESPN. You bring a wealth of knowledge and experience, and a lot of fans. A lot of people love your work, and we're glad you're going to be beginning uh, with us uh, on Monday with Nick Hodge here uh, on ESPN. Thank you for being with us. Look forward to seeing you and work with you uh, throughout the year in football. We'll have a whole bunch of fun. No doubt about it, my friend. Glad to be on the team And uh, 7 a.m. Monday. It's called Game Time. With Hogan and Heida, or Heida, we're excited to do it and uh, looking forward to it. I love that game time. I like that. Uh, we have no right, name. Buddy. We have no name for this show. The Jeff Ward. They call it Jeff and Ed. Ed and Jeff. You know what I mean? I've had trouble with Jeff Ward for twenty years. That's good. It's it's an old married couple. We love it, and uh, it's great radio. So excited to be a part of it. Thank you, buddy. Have a nice night. See you soon. You too. All right. Bye bye now. Aaron Hogan, newest member of one hundred two seven ESPN. Good guy. Knowledgeable in sports. He said he'd been listening to Jeff and I since he was in college. (laughs) He's a really good guy. All right, we're going to take a break. After this break, more on 1027 ESPN. Jeff Ward and Ed Clements. Afternoons 4 to 6 on 1027 ESPN. Listening to the Jeff and Ed Show on 1027 ESPN. Welcome back to the show. I'm Ed Clements. Jeff took an early powder. He'll be back tomorrow doing some dad duties. Uh, the big football story. Not only the NFL combine is underway. It was the time for defensive linemen today. Of course, uh, Longhorns have a couple of defensive linemen that could go. Byron Murphy projected to go in the first round. Devondre Sweat projected to go in the second round. He could go move up to the first. He's that talented. Uh, We've been talking about that. Also word this afternoon that the Cowboys are, in fact, working on the extension for Dak Prescott. Mixed feelings about that. I have big mixed feelings. Yeah, Dak had another good year this year. Third year in a row, the Cowboys are 12-5. and Cowboys won uh, the NFC East, but they cannot get past the first round of the NFL playoffs. And that sticks in my craw. I like Dak Prescott. Jerry has surrounded him with very good players. The loss to Green Bay was not Dak's fault. The defense was terrible that day. But still, Dak did not perform at some moment, Garrett, that I thought he should have. It's not about Dak, but is Dak a quarterback that should make 55 to 60 million dollars a year. I don't think so. I'm sorry. I don't think so. I mean, he's a top 10. S- seven? Seven? I think seven is right. Mm. Um, I don't know why you would let him go. Um, and he's a staple there. Um, so, and, and he produces 3,000 plus yards and, and 25 plus touchdowns. S- he's seven got the numbers behind him. Yeah, for sure. He's got the numbers behind him. But 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too hard on the guy. Because, again, when you look back at the loss to Green Bay, it was the defense's fault. The right. defense is, the defense was a, a sieve that day to Jordan Love, the youngest damn team in the NFL. And the Cowboys Cowboys laid a big egg that day, which goes not on, not, not on Dak. I think a lot, most of it goes on, um, you know, the coach. I think, I think old Mike let his team down. The team was not prepared. I know that sounds high school hairish because they're pros, but still. He was lost out there. Yeah, he they were lost. They were desperate. Then they were lost. So I don't know. We'll probably have an update on that story tomorrow. If Dak and Deeds, if they do come to agreement, I'm, I'm leaning towards Jeff's camp that, hey, okay, go play next year. And we'll, we'll talk about it next year. We'll see how you do next year. But it would be ridiculous to sign him to a ginormous, well, yeah, it would be. It would be ridiculous to me to sign him to a $60 million a year contract yeah. and they don't do anything next year. Because if uh, they don't do anything next year, uh, Mike's gone, the head coach is gone, and there will be question marks around Dak. You have so. you have one of the best rosters within the league? I, 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 I don't know. It, yeah. it, it's an odd situation to me. There is big-time tennis in Austin this week out at Westwood Country Club. It's the ATX Open, some of the best female uh, tennis players in the world. And tonight there is a dynamic match starting right after 6 o'clock. Uh, center court, uh, Grand Slam winner Sloane Stevens will be taking on Anastasia Sevostoza. The American star, Sloane Steven, looks to equal her ATX Open result from a year ago by reaching this year's quarterfinals. To get tickets, atxopen.com. You may be able to get a very good ticket tonight because it's cold outside, but all the action is at beautiful Westwood Country Club in West Austin. Again, not often you see the caliber of player like Sloane Stevens. Uh, reason number 47, my friend, uh, that the PGA is struggling. PGA Tours in South Florida at the Palm uh, Peach Palm Palm Beach Course uh, in the Cognizant Classic, I, they call it. I don't know how you pronounce this. That's another reason. That, but they're playing on the PGA Tour once again. This is a reason, again, why the PGA to me is in trouble. Chad Ramey and S.H. Kim shared lead at minus seven. Andrew Novak... And Ryan Moore and Austin Eckrott are at minus six, along with Cameron Young, Chesson Hadley, and David Skivens. Who are these guys? Where are the superstars? No clue. The superstars are staying home, like Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth. Rory's playing. Rory is three stro- strokes off the pace, but there's no DJ. Uh, there's no Sergio. There's no DeChambeau. Uh, go down the list on and on and on. This is why the PGA Tour, to me, is not in a good shape. And it'll be in good shape when the majors turn around uh, in in, uh, in April. Interesting to see how the players is going to look to players' championship. We got to go. Been fun. Thanks so much, Aaron Hogan, for being with us. Aaron will be on starting Monday here on 1027 ESPN. For Garrett, I'm Ed. See you tomorrow on Songs That Suck on Friday here on 1027 ESPN. Jeff Ward and Ed Clements, afternoons 4 to 6 on 1027 ESPN.